Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Welcome into episode number 612 of Underground Sports Philadelphia, presented by the City of Vineland. KB coming at you from a hotel in Virginia as I'm on location for the PLL Championship Series. As our water dogs are competing to uh, bring home a trophy for the first time repping Philly. I'm here all week. And Matt joining me as he does every single week as well. We got a lot to dive into. We'll talk some champ series uh, later on in the show, but we'll talk uh, a little Super Bowl wrap up. We'll talk NBA trade deadlines, some of the new Sixers on the team, PJ Tucker getting fined for openly talking about uh, wanting to be traded. So that I just presume Furkan Korkmaz is absolutely broke. Um, and then uh, baseball is back. The boys reported today, and uh, we'll talk a little hubble blue that's been going on in the baseball world today from the absolutely god-awful jerseys to uh, Rob Manfred announcing uh, he's done in a couple of years, which baseball fans rejoice. But before we get into all of this, make sure you are following us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, threads, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. You can follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts in audio form. Leave a five-star rating and review. goes a long way for helping this show continue to grow. helps a lot more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia and our entire network of shows uh, across the board. So keep subscribing. Keep leaving those five-star reviews. They do go a long way. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia, where we have every single show on our network in a podcast as well in the playlist tab. So if you uh, pay for YouTube Premium, you can listen to the podcast on YouTube as well. Uh, and, of course, you can watch it on our channel. Uh, it's full video episodes of this show twice a week, full video episodes of every show on our network, live streams, shorts, clips, original video content, it is all on our YouTube channel. Uh, we are currently at 742 subscribers. And all week while I'm here at Champ Series, you're going to be getting exclusive interviews uh, with PLL pros, coaches, front office members. Uh, we are calling it OTB Radio. We kicked it off with CEO and co-founder Mike Rabel uh, on day one. That is up on our channel right now, so definitely go check that out. Uh, a lot of good stuff from him as he is one of our biggest supporters across the board, and we appreciate uh, him hopping on with us. So go check that out. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And, uh, of course, this podcast is presented by the City of Vineland, and the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. 
And through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city. Find the New Jersey where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated and Security 21 Security Systems for their continued support of this podcast. Matt, what's going on, brother? Living the dream. Happy uh, Philadelphia Day to everyone who celebrates 215 Day. Uh, very fitting that we're recording today. Um, but let's uh, let's put a bow on big game number 58. It is brought to you by our awesome merch partners at PHI Apparel Company. You'll stand out in the crowd no matter what if you're rocking merch from PHI Apparel Co., uh, from Eagles, Phillies, Sixers, Flyers, Union, and, of course, your favorite underground sports Philadelphia shows. They've got you covered, shirts, hoodies, and a whole lot more in between. Go to phiapparel.co so you can stand out in the crowd, get your merch, fill up your cart, and when you go to check out, use our code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your merch orders. Most effective and direct way to support us and everything we're doing here at Underground Sports Philadelphia. So go get your merch at phiapparel.co and use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your order. Matt, the Chiefs win Super Bowl 58 in a tale of two halves fashion. One of the more boring starts to uh, a Super Bowl that we can remember. Just not a lot happening. And then Ray Ray McLeod uh, muffs the, the punt off of his teammate's ankle. And it felt like the game started from there. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly, too, the way that a lot of these big games are decided are on plays like that. You know, Eagles last year against the Chiefs, uh, it's that Jalen Hurts fumble, which really uh, ultimately ends up kind of being the deciding call. You know, the the penalty call too, obviously that, that really wins the game for the chiefs last year. It's the fact too, that the chiefs were uh, uh, recovered a lot of the fumbles, uh, you know, in that game, you know, and those are typically more 50, 50 chances. And the fact that they recovered six of the seven, you know, it's just that that's how it goes in, uh, in tight games like that against two very good teams. Um, for me, it was, uh, it was nice. <laughs> it was kind of, <laughs> I think exactly what we wanted. And, uh, you know, the 49ers don't win um, some freak stuff, too. You know, Dre Greenlaw, obviously, too, tearing his Achilles, like, running onto the field. I mean, that's just – that's insane. I, you know, and that's obviously uh, a really awful way for, for his season that, to end. And um, you can't say that that doesn't have an effect either, you know, on the game as well. So, um, for me, you know, it really cements a lot of what we talked about going to the Super Bowl, that this – you know, if, if Mahomes wins, this kind of vaults him into that – Joe Montana tier maybe above Joe Montana, you know, depending on, I guess, mostly what your age is. Um, and, you know, he now has a comparable start to his career as, as Tom Brady, you know, and I joked, but it's serious, you know, if, if he wants to be, you know, actually compared to Tom Brady, he's just got to do it for another 16 years. And, mm -hmm. you know, then we can have that conversation. But yeah, I just think it's immense. Obviously, what a great quarterback he is. We know that. But, you know, ultimately, when you are chasing someone like Tom Brady, it is going to come down to how many championships you win. Um, and I think it's, it's kind of cool for him. It's it's cool for for Travis Kelsey too. You know, cementing himself again. Don't know that he's going to pass Rob Gronkowski, but um, you know, he's certainly really solidifying uh, maybe the best Chiefs tight end ever because that's also not exactly an easy <laughs> an easy competition. Um, yeah, I I thought the second half was great. Uh, first half was was pretty forgettable, which is kind of how Super Bowls have gone in general. I think they they tend to start a little slow. And um, actually, thought there was. I mean, we got overtime, which is a ton of drama. Um, sweating it out and a lot of anxiety despite having really no no skin in this game. I mean, honestly, um, you know, no real rooting interest. Uh, I thought it was actually uh, pretty exciting, you know, at the end of it. 
Yeah, and I mean, uh, does does Troy Aikman know that Patrick Mahomes is as good as he is now? Uh, what <laughs> what an all time old takes exposed. You know, I I respect him putting himself out there and putting the take out there, and um, fair enough. He yeah, old takes exposed for sure. Um, yeah, who knew that that would be such a quick turnaround as well? I bet he thought maybe one day, but you know, maybe like. 11, 12 years. 2019. That's a a pretty quick quick turnaround there. uh, For anyone that that doesn't know, Troy Aikman tweeted in 2019, the the Athletic Kansas City put out an article about Patrick Mahomes having like X amount of Troy Aikman's passing yards uh, in his career already. And he quote tweeted the post and said, come talk to me when uh, he – or he said, in case you missed it, talk to me when he has 33% of my Super Bowl rings. Well, he now has a hundred percent of your Super Bowl rings, Troy. Um, but yeah, what a what a wild take! And as soon as that got resurfaced, it had like over twelve thousand quote tweets within like a twenty. So, tease and peace to Troy Aikman there. Um, Isaiah Pacheco becomes the first running back in NFL history to start two consecutive Super Bowls to begin a career and win. Um, first one ever, and that that stat now lives in our hometown, um, gets posted on Instagram by Bad Bunny as he had the Puerto Rican flag draped on his back. Um, what a whirlwind of a game for him. You know, obviously has that fumble, his first fumble of the season, and he kind of just, you know, wiped it away and had an incredible second half for them and should have been uh, awarded a first down <laughs> late in that game, but got upheld by the refs and not, reviewed for whatever reason but uh three straight years now that the city of Vineland brings home a Lombardi yeah pretty cool feeling too yeah and then on the fumble suit him and McCaffrey both uh you know giving up the ball and those felt like they could be real determining plays and in some ways I guess they were I think really it was the fact that the 49ers never really capitalized on uh, some of those opportunities and a lot of stuff has been talked about after the game about uh Kyle Shanahan Kyle Shanahan and you know whether or not how much the team knew about the overtime rule, um, that stuff matters. You know, the the Chiefs players are talking about how much they practice it that from preseason this year. You know, this was something that they thought about and were considering, and it was a, a real measured approach in the fact that 49ers did not seem as prepared for overtime rules and structure. I would say people were really quick to, to bandwagon on Shanahan and saying, you know, you should give up the ball. I think it's an unwinnable decision because if you give up the ball, the Chiefs go down and score a touchdown and you lose the game, you know, because you don't afford it for people like that's so stupid. You take the ball there. You know, it's there's no way that he's winning in that situation. Um, people are crucifying him no matter what. I don't mind his logic either that, you know, we'd, we'd like to get the ball back third. That's without knowing that the Chiefs had it in mind that they were going to go for two no matter what. He can't possibly read their minds and know that. Um, so I, I think it's debatable about what you would do there. Um, it felt like people were just kind of quick to, to climb on him and, and be real negative about that. And I don't. I don't, I don't mind taking the ball first and trying to go and score seven. The disadvantage that I do agree with and that a lot of the analytics people said is that you now know, the Chiefs know what they have to do. You know, that, And that does inform your decisions, that it does inform the risks you may or may not take. Um, but still, I, I don't think it was, uh, it was the worst decision in, in the world. I, I think people got uh, a little upset about it, but it's, Very it, it really wasn't that bad very strange that they the 49ers decide to fire Steve Wilkes after one season yeah it, it is strange. you know obviously he's 
filling in for D'Amico Ryan's, you know, D'Amico Ryan's left last year to take the head coach job. And um, yeah, I did, I did, it's it's strange because, you know, the 49ers lose, right? But I don't know that there was much, I thought it was just a very even game. You know, I, I even Brock Purdy, I don't think was the reason that the 49ers lost. I think he had a very Brock Purdy game. Like he was efficient, you know, like hard to, to really squeeze out. There's a few times he breaks out of the pocket and makes just like a smart play. Like, I don't know. I, I I don't know what you could say that the 49ers did that was uh, egregious, you know. And I think defensively, yeah, maybe uh, maybe there's times where they, they could have got a big stop. But I I don't know it's Patrick Mahomes. What are you uh, yeah, what are you supposed to do? Nineteen points, like yeah, it's I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just think, I just think um, it's 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 strange. You know, I, I don't know what direction they go in there, um, and it's it's. You know, thinking long term, it's a big question for San Francisco about what they're going to do. Um, obviously, whenever you have a Brock Purdy contract at quarterback, that's going to be a huge advantage about how you build your team. But they've gone really all in on this team. You know, talk about the pieces that they've traded for over the years and, and what they've done. And that's without even considering that they traded up to get Trey Lance and, you know, had to exhaust a lot of capital. And that ended up not working out in their favor. And they got very lucky with the Brock Purdy, uh, you know, decision you know, that he that he and he, that he has turned into a startable quarterback in this league because without that I, I think uh, there, there's probably some some bigger heads rolling in uh, in San Francisco without Brock Purdy's uh, emergence as, as this real option for them so um, you know they've gone in on, on Christian McCaffrey right they, they've gone in they, they've already signed Debo Trent Williams they traded a lot for like Chase Young they trade for this like they they have pushed the chips in and now um, you wonder if that comes back to bite them and, and you know, it, it gets a little harder over the next few years. Yeah, and then uh, just social media drama with the 49ers. It seems like they're just crumbling from the inside every which way from Brandon Ayuk today, you know, saying, you know, it's a business and if the 49ers decide to re-sign him or not um, is up to them. You had the whole who knows what's real and what's not between John Feliciano and Jalen Carter. Um, I don't know if you, you saw all of that transpire on the timeline. I don't know what to believe from that. Um, but it, it feels like the 49ers, and they're still talking about the Eagles too. They just lost the Super Bowl, and they have a bunch of players online still talking about the Eagles, still talking about Eagles fans. And um, I couldn't be happier that this team is absolutely crumbling. And I don't know if there's ever been a team in human history that has brought Eagles and Cowboys fans together the way that this 49ers team has. Yeah. It's well, their, their real Super Bowl was in November. I think is, uh, <laughs> is the, the way that it seems to be going. Yeah. I, I think um, on the Feliciano and, and Carter stuff, that feels like a stay away. You know, yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I honestly, you know, Jalen Carter came in the league with not the cleanest reputation. Right. Um, I'm not saying that he, everything Feliciano accused him of is, is true or whatever. Like I, who knows? I, I, I think that, uh, that one I, I'm comfortable just staying away from um, altogether. Um, yeah, I did think it was interesting though. Um, you know, some of the, the back and forth, because I mean, listen, the 49ers, I understand why they felt aggrieved coming out of the playoffs last year. It has to be tough when you have a great season and ultimately it feels like without some freak injuries, you had a chance in that game to go to a Super Bowl. Like makes total sense, but it, it did carry over a lot in this season. And it's very easy to say in hindsight, but you do wonder sometimes emotionally, you know, they had a huge win over the Eagles, right? They go on the road and they, let's be honest, they dominated mm -hmm. the Eagles in that game. It must've felt great. It must've been a huge release for them um, and, and felt like some vindication. But I wonder if there is some part of that where it's like, 
it was November, you know, <laughs> it's, and uh, you know, we talked about coming into Super Bowl. They didn't have like slam dunk performances in these playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I thought both games honestly were very losable and um, I don't know. I, it just, it just feels like maybe this, they're reaching a breaking point too, where listen, winning cures a lot. It cures a lot of those egos and the, the, some of the attitude stuff that, that can always come with, uh, you know, professional sports, right? Like uh, winning a championship solves a lot of those problems. Losing in another kind of heartbreaking way where I think you'll be thinking a lot about the offseason, uh, what could have been different, you know, that's that's something to contend with. That's going to take a lot of uh, strong leadership. Um, I've seen a lot of people talk about Kyle Shanahan as like this generation's Andy Reid. You know, that like Andy Reid was like a very smart, adept offensive coach, but just could never get over that hump, could never get that win, you know, despite clearly being a good coach and, you know, team was constantly relevant, constantly playoffs, you know, in, in championship games, making Super Bowls, but just not able to get over the line. And I wonder if maybe, yeah, maybe that's that's where Kyle Shanahan's niche is. And it's tough, you know, when you have to run up against Patrick Mahomes, ask Eagles fans too, you know, right? Like that was a historic Eagles team last year. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just in the other day, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, and there'll be a lot of teams that will have that same feeling as Josh Allen, ask Lamar Jackson, you know, like that's what happens in, in sports eras like this, where you just have dominant teams, you know, uh, and you, there's a lot of guys that got kind of their legacies could be so different, you know, if it wasn't for some of these, uh, some of these just miraculous dynasties and, and, and great players. Yeah. I mean, on top of that, you had John Feliciano coming at one of his own players and, you know, talking about how he, he uh, woke up hungover and that's why he started coming at him. So that was pretty hilarious to me as well. Um, but I think the the ultimate reason that the 49ers are crumbling from the inside out is that uh, as soon as the Super Bowl was over, I would assume uh, Nick Bosa let them know that it was an election year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I mean, it's crazy because Nick Bosa played really good in that game. You know, and I think he was just very extra motivated. I think there was just, uh, there was, if, well, you know, too, you know, what I, I think it was uh, Clark County that was uh, pretty contested in uh, 2020. So I think, you know, it was uh, it was real personal for him. Real personal for him. Nick Bosa now in his career, too, 0-2 during Black History Month. Well, there's that, that's just facts, I think. I think that's, that's pretty Statistical fair. facts and analysis right there. Um, the the other weird news that, that broke Super Bowl morning and has now been uh, disputed by the man himself, uh, weird report coming out that Hassan Reddick was granted permission to seek a trade. He then came out and said, I never asked for a trade. I just know it's a business, but I'm happy at home and wants to get an extension done here. Very weird how... Some of these guys that are – and it came from Rap Sheet, allegedly, that he asked for the trade. Uh, but I, I was talking to some people, and apparently Hassan Reddick has a new agent uh, from the last time that he signed uh, with the Eagles two years ago. So my think process on that is the agent was like, let's try to get as much money as possible so that I get paid and got ahead of things before even talking to Hassan Reddick. It's totally possible. Hassan Reddick, though, at certain points of season has talked about his contract and talked about those things. Like he's not necessarily been a church mouse on this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think, I think agent, more agents are willing to, to take some extended. Of the yeah, I think he was yeah. more willing to like try to get the Eagles to extend him uh, when that report came out because I think it was Jeff McClain that wrote it, and uh, it came like during the the preseason or something like that, if I'm remembering correctly. 
Um, but I think it would be smart of the Eagles to do what's in their power to get both Hassan Reddick and Devontae Smith extended and signed here long term. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it gives you some clarity about, uh, you know, what's coming up next. And, man, I <laughs> you talk about this conference, I think it's it's wide open for next year. You know, I, I coming into the season, it really felt like Dallas, Philly, San Francisco were the, the three most likely representatives. You know, one of those bears true. The other two, Eagles, a, a just disaster of a last third of the season. And the Cowboys, again, just capitulate in the playoffs, despite having a really good regular season offensively and defensively too, especially like, um, you know, can you say that that's, that's the same next year? No, you know, and I, I think there will be similar questions that we had coming into the year, you know, where you have new coordinators in, in Philadelphia again. You know, that, that's always a, a question mark. You're going to have a new coordinator in San Francisco. Dallas, I think no one is going to take them seriously during the regular season. And I, I just think – defensive coordinator. Right, you know, and, and you're not going to get – listen, you're not going to have – they'll probably have a good defense next year. You're not going to get that kind of defensive production. It's just not the way it works. Um, you know, you, you're going to hear a lot of Lions buzz, I think. Um, probably hear a lot of, like, Falcons buzz. You know, they, they get a new coach in there. You'll definitely hear something about the Packers and Jordan Love for sure. Who ends up with Kirk Cousins? You're like, there's still definitely a lot to be um, kind of decided here. Even someone like Chicago, you know, if they, you know, they'll be talked about as like this year's Texans. They'll be like, yeah. well, if, you know, with with you know whoever they end up picking, whether it's Caleb Williams, Drake May, he could have a CJ Stroud type of, you know, you'll you'll hear that too. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of all plays out. And then you know, of course, Andy Reid gets uh, the third ring there, fourth of his career. Obviously, he got the one with the Packers as a uh, assistant coach, but I mean, we talked about it last time, like Andy Reid's making his way up the ladder and slowly approaching, you know, the top dogs is being regarded as one of the goats. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think he certainly has to be in, you know, so much is made of Belichick chasing uh, Don Chula's record. And I think people have forgotten that Andy Reid has been in the business quite a bit of time too, and is attached to Patrick Mahomes. And that's, you know, we talked about if he just does, you know, five, maybe six more seasons. He's he's right on that doorstep <laughs> of uh, you know. And listen, it's they've won three Super Bowls in the last five years. Is it so crazy to imagine that they could win at least one more in the next five? You know, it, it's it's hard to say. You know, listen, like no one knows when you're going to make it back, right? You know, things can happen, and and it felt at times this year like the Chiefs were not going to be you know making it to Super Bowl this year just because they their offense and. You know, just did not seem to be connecting in any. I'll be honest; I still didn't at any point think their offense looked amazing. You know, mm-hmm. it never. But that's, I think, a testament too to obviously what Andy Reid can do and what Patrick Mahomes can do. Um, but I, I think it's very conceivable. You know, if four or five more years, you could have definitely one more Super Bowl ring, if not two. You know, and that's that's again, if you if you're talking about walking away, having the the regular season record for wins and four or five Super Bowl wins, like. It's never going to be good enough to be Belichick just because of, you know, the, the sheer totality of it, I think. And, and you will have the championships over him. It's going to be hard to, to not see him as, yeah, on like the, the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. And I mean, the uh, the post-Super Bowl shenanigans with our beloved Jason Kelsey were just immaculate vibes. Uh, I think my favorite was the clip of Taylor and Travis walking into the club and then 
the pan to just Jason Kelsey walking in the overalls and the luchador mask. Somebody captioned that video. Uh, Jason Kelsey looks like one of the imaginary friends from the new Ryan Reynolds movie. Yeah, well, it's like the um, when you're creating characters in a, a cutscene. Um, <laughs> apparently, he just found that mask on the floor at yeah. one of the first after parties, which uh, not maybe the best. Considering the last time these two teams played in the Super Bowl and the Chiefs won, what happened a month later, I would not be taking something like that off the ground, putting it on my face. You know, just just given historical record, you got to wait at least a month and a half before we start making choices like that. But um, yeah, it was cool. I got to say, you know, um, I, I, I'm, I'm a little – I'm tired of the tiredness about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Um, people say, oh, it's so much. It's, it, it's really not. No. It's really not that much. And um, honestly, she's like one of the most popular people on the planet. And the Chiefs are like the team of the decade. I, I don't know what to tell you. And he's like one of the faces of those teams. He was already like getting pretty famous even before dating Taylor Swift. It's really not that crazy that people care about it, and and they cut away to Taylor Swift a few times during the Super Bowl. I don't know. I just <laughs> I find it very hard to understand the outrage, but uh, that's where we are, I guess. I guess that's I what mean, Taylor Swift her uh, her Philadelphia roots shined through during the Super Bowl too, chugging a beer in the in her box, and uh, you know she was up there with Miles Teller. Uh, what a what a luxury box that was. Miles Teller, Ice Spice, Jason Kelsey, uh, Blake Lively. Lana Del Rey. My whole squad was taken into Super Bowl. Yeah. It was, um, uh, it was like a who's who. Yeah, I, I love the video of Jason Kelsey like seeing like saying hello to Taylor and then meeting Ice Spice. <laughs> Just... <laughs> the memes like, from the that little... were the little bow he does like, like oh hello that was really good the the memes from that were all time um from the the little orphan annie comps to uh am i the shit or the fart uh, <laughs> miss munch <laughs> uh to uh hi we're both uh musically talented artists uh, i mean sure they both uh... yeah they both they both got good pipes. And then I saw a bunch with uh, just Ice Spice responding with "grah." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, what a what a wonderful time! What honestly. a crew. Um, so yeah, congrats to Isaiah Pacheco, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, and the rest of the Chiefs. Uh, as we move forward, um, Matt, do you want to do you want to kick it to? Brighter horizons or uh, the darkest days, the hardwood or the, the field of dreams? Uh, let's, let's do field of dreams first. So the Philadelphia Phillies are back in action. It's brought to you by our pals over at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game, from sunglasses to blue light glasses to ski goggles and, of course, those prescription lenses. They've got you covered for any occasion to make sure your eyes are 100% protected for a fraction of the price of the big than those eyewear companies. Uh, I wear the blue light glasses all the time while I'm editing, while I'm watching my favorite sports teams. I'm wearing the sunglasses when I'm on the road. They are the best in the game. You guys can go to TomahawkShades.com or download the Tomahawk Shades app in the App Store or Google Play Store. When you fill up your cart and you're ready to check out, use promo code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com or in the Tomahawk Shades app. That's code USP at TomahawkShades.com or in the Tomahawk Shades app. 
for 25% off your order. Matt, the boys of summer are back. Spring training underway. And um, the jerseys do not look ideal. Uh, they, they, the Sixers uh, ruin everything, I think, is God. really what we should... Uh... So bad. Uh, apparently... Fanatics has taken over this season as the manufacturer of the jerseys alongside Nike. And um, let's just say, I guess somebody forgot to increase the font size on the nameplates. The nameplates look like the St. Louis Arch, if your name is any longer than six letters. And the MLB logo looks out of place. And I've seen many people uh, say they look like... uh, Timu jerseys, they look like uh, something you get off DHgate, which I think DHgate would look 10,000 times better um, than what you're seeing right now. And they just look paper thin. They, they look like they're wearing a jersey almost. Um, but once again, of course, Michael Rubin stepping in to uh, make things bad for every sport that Fanatics touches. I, I hate him. I hate that company. Uh, I hate what they've done to merchandise. Um you talk about DHK, like you, you might as well just order from them. It'll be a tenth of the price, and you're probably going to get the exact same quality. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's just it's just amazing. I I don't understand how we got here. I I it's it's so depressing. Um, yeah, it's it's a strange look seeing how tiny they are and how I have to imagine this gets fixed. I have to imagine this gets fixed because so, it, so in English soccer, by the way. There was a, a manufacturer for the team. I, I don't even remember the, the actual name of, of the company, but um, the players actually complained because the the like fabric was so bad and like retained so much sweat and water that was actually like it was affecting their ability to play. That they actually canceled the contract with the with that company like a quarter into the season. This was this year, and um, so I wonder <laughs> if maybe enough people. Just if we need the, the the right people in the right positions of power. I will pay Bryce Harper whatever he wants to just get up and complain about it, and I think that might be all it takes to to end uh, to end our nightmare here. Well, there was apparently uh, a banner notification on a lot of people's MLB apps today that the complaints have been so boisterous and loud and uh, in numbers that it has reached the MLBPA. So hopefully the Players Association can uh, get something done with Mr. Manfred, who today announced that he will not be renewing his contract when it is up in 2029. Um, that, you know, we get these jerseys fixed because they look terrible, have some shame. Um, who would have thought that, you know, we should have just stayed with Majestic like we had and Nike stepping in because – we didn't learn anything from the NFL jersey quality going down when Nike took over there. Um, just really, really bad. The the Aaron Nola jersey that Destiny Lucario tweeted out. It, you have to like take a magnifying glass to his name. It looks so small. Um, so hopefully the MLBPA voices their opinion and steps up and says, "Hey, we uh, we need to fix this because they look pretty bad." Yeah, uh, so hopefully they do. And really, I think we need to have a – we need someone – listen, Joe Biden, if you listen to me. Dark Brandon, if you will. If, if there's if there's something you could do to really secure my vote, 
okay? It would be the, the, the destruction of Fanatics as a company. And I actually think this is a bipartisan issue. I actually think you can get both sides of the aisle on this because it's, it's affecting everyone no matter what. And uh, let's just let's just work together. I think this could be what really, uh, you know, sows the divide in America is if we just hold hands, doesn't matter what you believe, I think we can all agree that we, that we, we, we can do better than fanatics. And I think we, we need to work towards a better future. That, that's I could I think that you could run for political office just on that. And oh, probably 100%. get a good amount of support. You could at least win a primary or something. Yes. Um, if it, you could at least probably do better than uh, DeSantis did, I think. <laughs> you... Um, I mean, it's it's pretty bad when there's a a whole Twitter account dedicated to posting the mishaps and just like poor quality of fanatics items that people have uh got sent to them, like. It's insane scrolling through that account and just seeing all of the the mistakes and misspellings and uh, three arms on jerseys that shouldn't be there. It's it's a disaster. Michael Rubin stinks. Uh, maybe if he spent less money on that white party he throws every summer and put it into uh, you know actual quality for the company that he runs, maybe we'd be in a better place. But. That's not what Michael Rubin does, and that's not what Fanatics does, and they need to be abolished. Yeah, let's get it done. Uh, like I mentioned, Rob Manfred today announced that after his contract is up in 2029, he will not be staying in place as the commissioner of baseball. Our prayers have been heard. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. It could always get worse, you know. <laughs> That's the thing. It could always get worse. So we, we have to we do have to tread a little lightly, but um you have to imagine it gets better, right? I mean it's yeah. <laughs> it's hard to, to imagine. imagine the first order of business is uh let's make baseball fun and not this like just walking on eggshells every moment. Let's make our players marketable. Um I I've seen a lot of people online saying throwing my hat in the ring for Chase Utley to be the next commissioner of baseball. I know because I like him too much and I would not want him subjected to that much hate. It's bad enough that, uh, you know, like all of uh, New York hates him. Uh, You know, we we can't have the whole country. (laughs) I feel like it would work if it was a former player that has been around like in the front. Like it sucks that he just went back to the Dodgers, but I feel like Raul Abanez was like poised to be like, a legit candidate to potentially be the next commissioner. Yeah, it kind of has to be someone that, you know, with all the commissioners, it has to be someone that all the the owners want to like schmooze with and are fun with like taking to dinner and also don't respect though, you know, because mm-hmm. like they 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 see them obviously as lesser than them, um, and just as like their their little meat shield that takes all the, yeah. the the grievances for the public. They do get paid well for it, but um, so yeah, it's it's pretty. Let's be real. It's a thankless job, and whoever gets it, everyone is immediately going to hate, no matter what. Um, it's like being the majority house speaker, a minority house speaker. Everyone hates you. Everyone hates you. Literally everyone. Even even people that that vote for you hate you. So it's there's really there's not much winning as a commissioner of a sport because um, you're doing the bidding of a bunch of billionaires, and naturally, naturally. It's gonna be unpopular. You're, you're yeah. gonna have to. You're gonna have some hard sells, and uh, that's. I think that's just what you have to accept. 
I gotta know if they do uh, some like like how the Pope is it white and black smoke. How do we announce a new commissioner in, in baseball? I forget what they did with Selig stepping down and retiring. Um, but well, we you could have uh, you could have like those gender reveal things, right? Where like usually the dad like takes a swing on the baseball bat if it, it pops blue or pink. You know, um, you could do that just with a commissioner, right? So just get um, I don't know, get Mike Trout. Just, just put him over a plate and just, just toss a ball at him, have him smash it open, and if confetti comes out, we're good. We got a new one. If, if he just leathers it and it breaks open like Sandlot, nothing. You know, come back this, the next. This day. feels like it could be uh, like an intermission round of the home run derby in twenty twenty nine. Yeah, yeah, I could, uh, I could see that. Yeah, when's when's our first when's our first gender reveal during uh during a sports game? When are we when are we gonna cross that matrix? <laughs> Uh, so Manfred's out, uh, but you know who's back, Matt? 2014-2015 Phillies legend David Buchanan is in camp with the Phillies uh, in the year 2024. Um, a name that I haven't heard in many, many moons. Uh, he was once in a rotation uh, alongside Jerome Williams and Aaron Harang during the darkest days of Phillies baseball. Um, but he's back, and for the last three years, he was in the KBO, the Korean Baseball Organization, and had pitched to a 3.02 ERA over the last three years in Korea. He also pitched in Japan, I believe, after he left Major League Baseball. Um, I feel like it's one of those why not type of moves. You know, if you're pitching that well and on a consistent basis in one of the top three leagues in the world, uh, you, you try and take a flyer on that. I think he's like 34 years old. So he is now the oldest uh, player on the Phillies and supplants that role from Zach Wheeler, who is a brisk 33. Um, apparently the Phillies are trying to get Zach Wheeler's extension done before the end of spring training, which is nice. And then the other big news is that the Phillies are allegedly interested on a short-term contract for one Jordan Montgomery. They can get him on a one to two year deal. They would consider themselves in. I would consider myself in. in. Uh, I mean, come on, we're really we're not going to sign someone with the last name Montgomery. We're, right. we're not. We're not going to do that. Come on, let's let's be smart here. Pay a little homage to the the roots of this team. Um, it is. It does feel like. The, the Bryce Harper Machado offseason where your big three free agents from last year are still on the open market. There's been like close to no rumblings of where they could potentially sign and spring training is here. Yeah. I, I mean, it's crazy how fast the baseball offseason moves, you know, um, it, yeah, every year it's the same thing, but it just it, every year it also catches me by surprise. I'm truly uh, a baby playing peekaboo. I forget every time. <laughs> I and then there I am again. It is uh, it is crazy that we are about a month and a half away from opening weekend, um, and obviously March 30th will be our live tailgate podcast. We're running it back uh, Saturday, March 30th against the Braves. Uh, be there so. That's quickly approaching, um, which is fun. The the season tickets dropped in, in the app today, which was fun. 
to see all of those load in. And, um, I mean, if the Phillies can get Jordan Montgomery, I'm feeling really good about this rotation. To, to have yeah. Wheeler, Nola, Montgomery, a full healthy season, hopefully from Ranger Suarez, and a rebound year for Taiwan Walker, that's a, a really good rotation in a what feels like kind of wide open National League. Sure, you have the Dodgers as, as the big bad wolf, you know, out in the West, but what have they done in the playoffs? Um, it, it's one of those things that, like, the division is going to come down to you and the Braves again, which is exciting. And you just figure out, you know, do you want to win the division? Do you play the wild card round? Um, because the NL Central is going to absolutely stink. And, you know, whoever wins the NL East, I would say right now, more than likely is getting one of those bye weeks. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I think it's always going to be hard in this division with the Braves. Uh, because they're such a good regular season team. But you brought, brought up Taiwan Walker, too. Let's not forget, he had a really strong uh, second half of the season last year. Um, I mean, he was he was our second-best pitcher down the stretch, honestly, during the regular season. Um, obviously, he doesn't he didn't get much time during, during the playoffs, which he was uh, not happy about himself. Um, but, yeah, I, I do Love think – Right, like I, I do think that there's there's something there, and you know Suarez too. You know came to the year uh, injured, and you kind of off and on, and you ended up uh, playing well down the stretch too. But you know, hopefully have him healthy. Um, yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot to be positive about there. And I mean, you get a full swing of JT and Trey Turner in spring training. You'd assume Trey Turner is not going to have the first half of a season that he did last year, uh, and need another standing ovation uh, to get going, but. That's a an improvement right there. And then, you know, knock on wood, you have a full season of Bryce Harper and him playing first base for you to really lengthen your lineup and, and have guys in the outfield that belong in the outfield and keep Schwarber at DH, which makes your lineup that much more potent. Um, to where, like, you should be able to hang with the Braves and, and be competitive with them because, let's be honest, like, does the Braves' rotation – outside of Spencer Strider, like, scare you? I I don't really get too nervous. Like, is 36-year-old Chris Sale supposed to to be the savior of the Braves' rotation? Like, they, their rotation's pretty old outside of Strider, and, you know, they haven't really been known to go deep into games either. Uh, the Braves' pitching is still a big question in terms of just like competitive balance in the National League to where the the Braves and Phillies lineups, you should be able to go, you know, swing for swing with them. Yeah, I, I agree. Except that the, history has shown us that the Braves are just better at the regular season than the Phillies are. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe this year it does change. Um, now, what you just talked about, if you get to a playoff matchup with the Braves again, that's where I think those matchups are a little more important. I just, I just think the Braves, you know, they obviously had a historic offensive year last year in the regular season. Is that necessarily going to be the same? Who knows, right? Acuna maybe is or is not one of the best players in baseball right now, right? I mean, honestly, like he, he could have a, another great year like that. It's it's totally within him. Um, I just, I kind of believe that they are just a team and that they have for, for most of my life have just dominated the regular season and have won this division. And the Phillies, I, I just... I think it, it it might just be more of the same this year, where they have a slow start. You know, we're kind of frustrated with this team the first uh, you know month and a half of the year, and then once June comes around, they start to pick up the pace, and you know they they turn on one of the best teams in baseball, and 
you know, that's, that just seems to be the way they go. Um, I mean, there's questions about the Phillies too, you know, coming in a year too, you know, about uh, some of the outfield stuff. JT's a year older. Um, Schwarber, you know, let, let's not forget too, defensively last year, we have to hope that we can rely on him to be um, designated hitter for all the season, which means everyone else has to stay healthy. You know, like there, there are questions, um, you know, and then there, there's some preseason like surgery stuff. So there's some guys that are going to miss uh, maybe, maybe some time early in the season. Like, I just think, you know, that there are maybe some, uh, some changes here too that might matter. Johan Rojas also looks like he put on 40 pounds of muscle, which is exciting. Yeah. I, I listen, I don't know who he visited, uh, <laughs> but uh, good for him. Them, he put the, he put the DR in Dominican. That's for sure. He went and saw some sort of doctor uh, to get swolled up. Matt, it is our favorite time of the year though, because it is fully loaded. I have the Phillies promotional schedule. Uh, the best time of the year uh so things get started for the fight in thursday march 28th 305 against the braves opening day giveaway all fans get a philly scarf and then obviously on saturday march 30th it is uh not a sponsor for us but mcdonald's opening night t-shirt uh which features across the front the fightings uh i hope on the back it's somewhere says said that would be hilarious um Moving right along in terms of promotions, uh, still catering to the kids uh, on Sunday, April 14th. Kids 14 and under get a sleeveless Phillies hoodie. Then on Sunday, April 21st, it's the Fanatic's birthday. Kids 14 and under get a pair of Fanatic mittens. And then on, this is interesting, Mother's Day game this year, night game, Sunday night baseball, against the San Francisco Giants, who could be Late night with mom? Okay. Mom's night out. Uh, Women 15 and older get a, like, pink Phillies bucket hat. Um, Looks pretty nice. And then Friday, May 17th, all fans, Bryson Stott, bobblehead night. Looks absolutely awesome. He's got the powder blue jersey on. Um, then on Sunday, May 19th, it's fanatic about reading day. So kids 14 and under get a fanatic children's book. And then on the 21st of June, this is going to be a big one. It's Friday night against the Diamondbacks. Not only are fans 15 and older getting a 2009 National League Champions replica ring. It is also Cole Hamill's retirement night. That's going to be a special one, for sure. So that will be a fun one. Uh, Then we have our first post-game concert on Saturday, June 22nd. Riley Green performs. uh, And then on June 23rd, which is Father's Day, men's 15 and older get a Phillies hat which features the uh, throwback logo looks very nice first fireworks game is june 27th and june 28th uh will be the fireworks games against the marlins this is the one that drives me crazy obviously you know they're catering to the kids in a lot of ways but on thursday july 11th 605 it's obviously a throwback thursday game so the phillies will be wearing the powder blues it's 1980s retro night this should be for all fans 
Kids 14 and under are getting a Phillies bullpen cart replica. I mean, come on. What are we doing why, here? Why are we not catering to all fans? Something's got to give. Um, on Friday, July 12th, it's uh, Phillies sustainable cap presented by PGW. So everyone's getting a hat that night. And then uh, July 27th, Cascade post-game concert. Then on July 28th, it's a Sunday, Philadelphia Water Ice, Kyle Schwarber, Schwarbaum Beach Towel for kids 14 and under. Uh, this one's just absolutely fitting and hilarious that um, the when the New York Yankees come to town, I believe. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's against the Marlins. I thought it was the Yankees. Uh, it was Italian Heritage Night. That would have been just absolutely fitting for Phillies Yankees. Um Hall of Fame weekend is against the Nationals on Saturday and Sunday, August 17th and 18th. Star Wars night fitting against the Astros. Um, Then you have the final couple ones here. Uh, Giant Family Day on Sunday, September 15th. And then Fan Appreciation Night Wednesday, September 25th, 6.05 against the Cubs. I'm sure a bunch more will be added in there, but I know a lot of people complaining about the promotional schedule being that no dollar dog nights are listed as of now. Well, I mean, let's get that together. You know, let's, <laughs> let's figure that out. Um, so, yeah, the Phillies promotional schedule is out. Uh, definitely checking that out for sure. Um, but, yeah, Jordan Montgomery, in your opinion, what do you think it has to come down to for Dave Dombrowski and John Middleton to – to sign that check, obviously a one to two year deal is what was the report, but I'm comfortable giving Jordan Montgomery like two years, 60 million. Well, he's, he's had injury history, right? Um, I think so. Zach Wheeler also, Zach Wheeler also, you know, I I think there are some similarities. I think Montgomery's a little older though um, than, than when we signed Zach, but um, I, listen, it's not my money. Mm-hmm. We've we've seen this guy uh, pitch in big moments. Um, there's no guarantee, of course, you know, right that he's that that same guy. But um, listen, I, I think you, you you know what this team needs is that top end talent to win in October, and go for it. I you know I I I think for me there really is no restriction. I wouldn't be signing to like a four or five year deal, and it doesn't sound like that's maybe his market either. But um, yeah, I, I think. Really, I, I don't know what's stopping this team from spending money um, because I, I think they're close. I think it's worth putting the chips in when you feel like you have a, a roster this good and you have Bryce playing the way that he is and he's going to be more healthy than he was last year. It's still unclear to me what, what is going on with that elbow. I, I think that's one of the greatest questions of my lifetime. Is, uh, I don't know what kind of Mormon magic got worked onto that elbow, but I'm a little afraid to even ask. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Montgomery just turned 31 in December. So, I mean, you know, he's still in his prime, I would say. Um, I think his injuries came when he was on the Yankees, if I'm not mistaken, early in his career, if there were any. Um, But, I mean, he just proved that he can win in the postseason, won a World Series with the Rangers, and it adds another left-handed pitcher into your rotation to where you can kind of balance it out and go Wheeler, Montgomery, Nola, Ranger, Suarez, Taiwan Walker, and go right, left, right, left, right. 
which the Phillies haven't had in years. Um, so that would be kind of nice to be able to throw opposing lineups off balance every now and then. Right. Uh, I'm just looking at Jordan Montgomery's potential injury history. I could swear that he had a uh, he had, he had uh, 20, some injuries. Twenty eighteen, he had Tommy John surgery. Yeah, which I mean, at this point, what Zach Wheeler had Tommy John in seventeen, the same time. Yeah, seventeen, eighteen, around 18. that time. Um, and I mean, Jordan Montgomery has seemed to have just gotten better with age, just like Zach Wheeler. So I think the thing too is they're trying to get the Wheeler extension done first. That's their top priority, and then once that's done, they'll move on to seeing what the market is for Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, Cody Bellinger, and the likes. But hopefully that gets done, and they can add Jordan Montgomery to the mix because I think he'd be a welcomed addition to this rotation. Um, and I've seen a bunch of people say the longer this goes on, the better it is for teams to sign them because their agents are going to be like, all right, we got to get them on a team and get them into camp and – have them ready for the season. It, it kind of also reminds me of when the Phillies were going after Jake Arrieta, where it took them until March to sign him. Um, hopefully it doesn't take that long so that you can kind of get some games and, and some reps in for whoever you decide to sign. But, you know, I think the Phillies are widely regarded as one of the top teams in the National League and a top 10 team, uh, if not better, in all of baseball. If you want to get better and want to still be regarded as one of those teams, you know, as the season progresses, you go and make a move like that. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Um, let's shift to uh, the hardwood. It's brought to you by Kenwood Beer, the official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's 4.1% ABV, just 120 calories, only 8 grams of carbs. You can go to kenwoodbeer.com and check out the Kenny Finder to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia Pittsburgh, Maryland, and New Jersey areas. Check out the Kenny store as well to get the pint glasses that they have available, plus a ton of Kenwood beer merch. Got to be 21 or older to do so, and of course, please drink responsibly. The prophecy has been fulfilled, Matt. Buddy Heald is a sixer. Um, Buddy Heald's burner account is a sixer. And uh, the rest of the NBA trade deadline regarding the Philadelphia 76ers made absolutely no sense to me. But Buddy Heald is here, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, right? Because this this move, I think, tells you, too, that the, the Sixers believe or that there's at least a chance that Embiid is back and healthy. I, I just find that very hard to believe, personally. Um, it, it's hard to really say. But, you know, Heald is someone, obviously, that's been rumored to the Sixers and a few other teams, but especially the Sixers, I would say the last two, maybe even three seasons. Um, and he's one of these guys too, I think a little bit like Tobias and that on good nights can be just a, a great piece and on bad nights can be very frustrating. Um, I think the the most interesting thing is, is what's going to happen this offseason. I don't want to skip that far ahead with this team, but you know, you're going to have a decision about him. Than we think though. It very well could. Yeah. It's strange, though, too, because they've kind of remained at the top of the East even without a beat, and that's not really what I expected. I really expect this team to crash down. And part of it, too, is, you know, Embiid missing from this team a few years ago is a, you know, 20-win team. This year, you know, this team is, is 
does have a better supporting cast. It has more depth. But even then, you know, this team has suffered through a lot of injuries. They're missing a bunch of starters um, the, these last few weeks and, and even some rotational pieces. Um, so the fact that they have remained competitive is impressive in a lot of ways. Um, but for me, it's, it's still – all of this has been hard for me to believe, hard for me to buy in, hard for me to trust. And, um, you know, obviously happy for Tyrese to be playing this weekend at, at uh, all the all-star stuff. That's, that's really awesome, and he, he deserves it. Um, but for me, until I see Embiid healthy and back on the floor, I just – I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel about the team. You know, I'm, I don't want to be doom and gloom about it, but – um, ultimately, you know, this team has just burned us so many times in the last few years. And really what you want from them is, you know, playoff success. And if Embiid is not healthy and not able to play or is limited again in the playoffs, like we've seen the last few years, you know, I can remember his meniscus last year being an issue. Like, you know, it, it, it's, it's really starting to feel like deja vu again, for me at least. Yeah, I mean – you you end up trading your your two culture like locker room veteran dogs. Um, the Pat Bev trade still makes zero sense to me whatsoever. Um, and then of course you traded Marcus Morris a month after giving him the key to the city, and uh, Furkan Korkmaz finally gets his wish. But he's got to be broke, man, because PJ Tucker was fined seventy five thousand dollars today for publicly demanding a trade earlier this month. Furkan's done that the last like four years. I he hasn't publicly done it in the way that PJ Tucker did, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, um, and then it gets waived by Indiana. So um, maybe he'll be back. <laughs> um, Kyle Lowry on this team now too. Yep. Who knew? Who knew when? What like a year and a half ago, two years when people were talking about trading Tyrese Maxey for Kyle, Kyle Lowry that we would end up with both. We'd end for up free. with both for free. Somehow for free. That's crazy. Who would throw out this perfectly good uh, printer from 1981? That's wild. Totally still works. For free. Shocking. I mean, I know you've had your your gripes about Pat Bev, but I think we could both agree he he was having one of the better seasons of his career this year. Oddly enough, and right now on this team, I personally would rather have Pat Bev than Kyle Lowry. Probably, yeah. I, I think especially, too, with what he brings. I mean, Kyle Lowry brings this, too. You know, it's not fair to him to say that he's not a, a culture guy and someone who's going to hold people accountable. Um, but Bev probably gives you more as as a player. Um, I would say, you know, off-the-court stuff, probably similar, similar realms in terms, of, in terms of leadership and experience. So um, Kyle Lowry isn't, like, a complete waste, but, I mean, let's let's be real. He's uh, sort of kind of washed this year. It's, it's tough to see him making real impact on this team. But – could, there could be a surprise. There could. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, Kyle Lowry's here. Uh, it just felt like the – and, I mean, the report came out, too, that Daryl Morey called the Suns and the Lakers uh, to inquire about LeBron, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant. What are we doing? I am looking forward to a full summer of LeBron speculation and where he ends up. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Bronny, too. Uh, you'll see not looking great. It's kind of crazy, you know, because uh, Caitlin Clark is potentially going to break a uh, scoring record tonight, right? Um, it is kind of crazy 
the switch in the last year in terms of like the popular like men's college basketball i would say in the last decade has has slowly wound down you know and it, it was strange because you know we even in the one and done era there was always kind of an exciting team and i don't know why it is because it's not like the g league now is like taken off you mm-hmm. know like we like we expected and that was going to be the death of college basketball. there's something about it now that i i don't know what it is um there's just not that excitement. There's no Caitlin Clark type of star. We haven't had one since Zion. Even before Zion, I don't know. Anthony Davis? You know, like, it's just, it doesn't feel like we're getting uh, these big stars, you know, in the way that we used to in, in uh, on the college side of it. I don't know where that is, but um, it is interesting to me that we're kind of, we're losing that edge. <laughs> we're losing We're losing that spark that I think college basketball brings, which is just, you know, there's usually one or two like real dominant players that are fun to watch, and uh, this, I mean, it could just be this draft class, but um, yeah, it's I just agree. not Zach that. Zach Eady is not fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's obviously a very good player, but like, let's be real, you know, I'm not. He's not prime time ESPN type no. of player. You know what I mean? Like, he is not that. that and Purdue's going to lose in the first weekend anyway. No, no, they're on the Virginia path. They're they're winning. That's how this goes. The only other time that a one seed has lost. To a 16 seed, they went back the next year yeah. and won the championship. Uh, so I'm sorry to say, but that is who I, I will be penciling in for my bracket right now. Um, which we will have our uh, our underground bracket challenge releasing in the next couple of days too for you guys to all join in. Uh, um, man, is that like four of the best days of the calendar year? Is that opening weekend? Um, yeah, it's definitely like, it is. It is up there. It's that. It's opening day for baseball. I think it's the first uh, NFL Sunday. Christmas it's, Day. Uh, Christmas NBA. Day. Just Christmas Day in general, honestly. But, True. yeah, I think it's – I actually think it's probably my favorite sports day of the year or, or days. But um, it's just wire-to-wire action, a lot going on, just every kind of story you could ask for. It's it's honest, It's the best. It's the, the the best stretch that we have. As soon as that music hits, too, you are just locked in. Um, and I've been saying this the past couple weeks, everybody out there, here's your, your early advice. March 21st, 22nd, take off of work. Do yourself a favor. Treat yourself. Enjoy a four-day week. A four-day weekend, I should say. And uh, just, like, bathe in the glory of opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, no gymnastics here either. So you know we're gonna. It's have a bummer. To, it's a big. It's a big change. Who did they announce? Who's take? Is it? Uh, I think it's Ian Eagle is taking over. I, I remember I'm listening sure to a podcast last year. Too. Yeah, where he was talking about you know, what it's going to be like for him. and he's got a he's honestly great oh, too. But awesome. you know, obviously gymnastics has been like he's the voice, right? So it's it's always mm-hmm. going to be a a big test. But Ian Eagle is really good, so I'm yeah. I'm happy to have him. Uh, he has he has those great. Uh, Create like kind of one-liners and stuff. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. He is, uh, he's like the buttoned-up version of Gus Johnson. Like Gus Johnson just lets it fly. Yeah. Ryan Eagle has those moments, but it's very like suit and tie. He's, he's, he's a little more polished on there. He's very Syracuse. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's Syracuse journalism school right there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the NBA is. Shaping over. We're getting closer and closer to uh second round exit. Can't wait. Um last bit here of the uh 
the Water Dogs are 1-0 in the PLL Championship Series so far. They took down the Utah Archers last night. Big-time win. Um, lucky enough this week, too, that we are doing uh, interviews on site, and we kicked it off with CEO and co-founder Mike Rabel, and uh, we have PLL app integration. So we have an XP code. If you download the PLL app in the App Store or Google Play Store, uh, and you go redeem a code, click that redeem code option and type in OTBPOD, OTB pod. You have 500 XP points on your PLL app account. Um, stay tuned for coverage from us all week long down here. And hopefully, you know, the dogs keep rolling and bring home a trophy for Philadelphia. First time winning as a Philly team. They got baptized, Matt. They played Meek Mill after they won. That's how you know you're truly hashtag from here. That is how you make it. Um, so Michael Sowers and the Water Dogs uh, keep things going on Friday. They will be facing off against, I'm going to pull up here the schedule, 5.30 p.m. ESPN2 on Friday against the Redwoods. And then they play on Saturday at 7 p.m. ESPN Plus against the Boston Cannons, who they got into a nice little uh, scrappy fight with in a scrimmage. And that Philly-Boston rivalry is alive and well in the PLL. Uh, so download the PLL app, code OTBPOD. You get 500 XP points on your account big shout out to the pll for having us down here and uh that's all we got for you guys on this episode make sure you're following us on the socials at underground phi on twitter instagram tiktok threads facebook.com slash underground sports phi follow matt at matt castorina follow me at kbizzl311 subscribe to the podcast feed on apple spotify wherever you get your podcast leave a five-star rating and review goes a long way for helping the show continue to grow, helps more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia and our entire family of podcasts. Uh, and be sure to subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week, full video episodes of every show on our network, live streams, original video content, clips, shorts, and of course this entire week, OTB Radio featuring on-site interviews with PLL players coaches front office members and more uh so subscribe to the youtube channel and of course get your merch at phiapparel.co and use code underground for 10 percent off your order and this show is presented by the city of vineland and whether you're a company looking to expand relocate or you're a new business startup selecting the right location is critical to your success vineland new jersey for business location and an excellent quality of life City's Economic Development Department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process, and their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems, and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. And breaking news, Matt, Caitlin Clark has set the women's Division One scoring record with 3,528 points passing Kelsey Plum. She is uh, just one of the most magnetic college athletes of uh, the last decade, honestly. So very cool. Very cool to see that. Very fun. And uh, this has been episode number 612 
of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. We'll catch you guys later this week. But until then, we're getting the heck up out of here. We are signing off. Peace. I'm looking for the people's chance. I'm looking for the people's chance.